जाए सचिनंदुरामुनि वंदना बबयकंदना जाय हे सचिनंदुरामुनि वंदना बबय कंदना जाय सचिनंदन सुरमुनि वंदना बबय कंदना जाय हे कलिमलखातन जाय हे कलिमलखातन जाय हे स्वरूप से आजा आया ना पुरंगा ऋषि 
It's a nice song. It's a song that was composed by Omishnupad, Sri Pujapad, Bhakti Rakshak, Sri Dadev Goswami Maharaj. And um, as some of you will know, who are a little more familiar from hearing the words, it... Um, it glorifies Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all of his, well, the idea is all of his associates, a number of them, are singled out and so forth. And and uh, as he goes through the list, he comes down to his um, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur at the end and pays respects to all of his disciples all of his associates and and so forth, hmm. but it's a nice, very nice song and uh, sung every day at Chitanya Saraswat Mat, and um, we sing it here almost every day, probably as well. Jai Satchinandan Suramuni Vandana Bhavaya Kandana Jayo Hey. So it begins by referring to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Satchinandan. This is a very beautiful name for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It 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 uh, it speaks of his the joy, if you will, the nanda, the bliss that he gave to his mother, Sachi, hmm? just by being who he is. But um, it also implies that uh, he was very much uh, nourished by the affection. Of his mother in his in his youth, you can imagine. Once my godbrother, Sripad uh, Bhakti Gaurav asked me, "Who is the source of the world?" So I thought, "Well, he's got something on his mind here. What does he want?" Uh, you know. I said, "You know what answer he wants. There could be any number of answers. So you please tell me." Then he said, "Yashoda. Hmm? Yashoda means who gives fame. Yashoda. Da means to give, and Yashoda means fame. So." Who gives fame, <clears throat> and this is the name of Krishna's mother in the Braj. It so happens that his other mother in the city in Mathura uh, is named Devaki, which also means "who gives fame." <clears throat> it can be interpreted, and she, Devaki, is more famous as the mother of Krishna. Devaki Nandan, hmm? Krishna, mentioned in the. In the Veda, Rig Veda, hmm? and uh, so this Janmastami coming on Sunday, the Astami, the birth, the Janma means birth, Astami day, eighth day of the lunar whatever waxing, uh, waning moon. For the poor name, the full moon was on the previous Saturday, which was the the poor name for the celebration of the appearance of of Ram, which we celebrated Balram. So, Astami means then eight, eight days after the full moon, the waxing moon. Uh, this month, this is Krishna's birth. Janmastami. Janma means birth. Astami means eight, eight. Born on the eighth day of the week. So, you can think of it like that, too. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, the famous birth of Krishna, of course, is in Mathura, in the prison house, where his parents were were um, imprisoned by by Kamsa and so forth, and it's a huge story, as as you know. And then he appears to have been uh, smuggled out of the prison house and taken to the pasture land, the forest of Vrindavan, and there he was raised by Nanda and Yashoda, as if Yashoda was his stepmother. Hmm? But there's a lot of theology there to uh, demonstrate that actually... Krishna is really the son of Jashoda, more so than the son of Devaki. That's a more of secret idea. But we could talk about it, perhaps we will at some greater length on the actual day, John Mastami, but one of the ways, and probably the most substantial way to look at that, is that that we may have ties 
to others for any number of reasons, for business, for blood, blood ties, for example. Uh, they're, they're supposed to be pretty strong. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the, the, the most powerful tie, of course, is affection. Krishna is said to tie up the whole world, hmm? to be the controller of the whole world by affection's force. In other words, this is the idea of bhakti. He's not portrayed as a controller with foreheads thinking it all out or um, in any of the many other ways that the gods are depicted who are relative controllers. When the supreme, if you will, controller is depicted, he's just playing and playing a flute and dancing. And The implication is, of course, that in order to play, you have to have power. Hmm? If you want to take a vacation, you've got to have to work and put some money in the bank, something like that. So the real controller, if you will, the most powerful, has to be all playful, have nothing to accomplish, nothing to achieve, perfect. So this is the idea of Krishna. And... And... In in the pastoral setting, then he's depicted like this. Whereas in the city, um, he's depicted slightly differently, and his 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 a, f- a function of the god to establish dharma, for example, a, a business, a duty, hmm? to establish dharma starts to come out. Hmm? So Devaki is a certain type of devotee with a certain kind of bhava or ecstasy for Krishna that causes him to appear in a certain way before her. And Dishoda is another devotee with a different sentiment that causes Krishna to appear in another way. And the way in which he appears to Yashoda is more intimate. Hmm? And the bond of affection of Jashoda for Krishna in motherhood, if you will, in Vatsalya Rasa, Vatsalya, where I said this the other day, it's worth repeating. In the modern world, we look at the objective world of matter hmm, and determine what are the forces. So we've determined gravitational force, electric, electromagnetic force. These are the powers of the world and so forth. The Goswamis, they looked at the world from a different perspective. They looked more at the subjective aspect, consciousness. They felt that was primal. And, and 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 the world was moving under its influence. And so looking within consciousness and very, very deeply within consciousness, not just the difference between consciousness and matter, which is like spirituality 101. So they went like 108 or 1008 course on consciousness. And, um, and they determined the forces, the major forces in the world are dasya, Sakya, Batsalya, Madhurya, the dominant forces of love that makes the whole thing go around. Dasya means like the relationship we have with the teacher, Sakya with a, with a friend, Batsalya, the relationship a, a parent has with their their um, offspring, Madhurya, romantic uh, sentiment. So these these are the powers from the subjective point of view that, that moves the world. Hmm? And when these powers are, are honed, if you will, cultivated in relation to the center, the absolute, then that is called rasa, and that is God. Rasa Vaisaha. Hmm? He is rasa. Anandam. Hmm? So it means aesthetic uh, rapture in eternity. Hmm? So her rasa with Krishna hmm, in parenthood has such force of affection hmm, that even if he should show himself as the Godhead, it doesn't affect, she doesn't step back and go, oh my God, my son is God. She just thinks, oh, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> and uh, please come and eat, eat, get over here, something like that. Sorry. Now if he shows that to Devaki, hmm, then she steps back and offers prayers, and her vatsalya recedes a little bit. So it's not as powerful of her, uh, in, in, in a sense. It doesn't afford as much intimacy. 
And she herself said of it, Kurukshetra, when she met Krishna after a long time in Balaram, and, and then she said, then Yashoda came on the scene, she said, well, here's your real mother. Hmm? <laughs> so, by the force of love and affection is the idea, this is the most powerful bond. So, Yashoda is happy to let Devaki be most famous as the giver of fame, because hmm? she gave Krishna to the world. Devaki Nandan Krishna. Janmasthami is famous for the birth of Krishna at the Janmasthan in Matura as the son of Devaki in the prison house. She said, let her have the fame of being the mother and I'll have him. It's <laughs> 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 their bargain. Something like that. But her name also means giver of, giver of fame. So Nishingamarsh wanted to say, Yashoda has given Krishna to the world. It's a nice idea to, to follow up on that. Kavikarnapur, hmm? the uh, great uh, childhood, uh, in his childhood, devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, blessed by Mahaprabhu, became a great poet, Kavi, learned person, scholar, and so forth. He has written a number of books. One of his champus, a certain type of Sanskrit composition, Gopal Champu. No, Gopal Champu, no. What is this book called? Ananda Vrindavan Champu. Hmm? He makes the point there that Krishna appears in the world. Why? There are many reasons. We can look from many different angles why the avatar descends and so forth. His reasoning is for Mother Yashoda. Hmm? Why? Because in Aprakat Leela, the unmanifest Leela, Krishna is not born there. I said when he performs his Leela here, it's like the drama on location. It's in human society. It's human-like. The Godhead is acting human-like. That's very charming. Hmm? So when you film a film on location, it is an extra added feature. Hmm? So they come to human society to perform a human-like Leela. That's very extraordinary. If this absolute center of everything appears in human-like form to come close to us, that's very charming. Hmm? In fact, that's required if we are to get close. Because if we get close to the infinite, we'll feel how finite we are. And we'll kind of back up. They'll cause some distance of reverence. So the Godhead wants to, us to be able to cross that barrier of reverence hmm? and know the full scope of love in relation to himself. This is, this is what Krishna means. Hmm? This is the idea. So, anyway, in the unmanifest Leela there, hmm, it's called the Deva Leela. So Krishna doesn't take birth there. So he, not, uh, Kavi Karnapur reasoned, uh, how can her past, how can her Vatsalya Rasa be fulfilled if the sun never really takes birth? So Krishna took birth on earth, is the idea, in order to give her that, make sense to mothers, right? To give her that, you know, the sun is born, <laughs> and fathers. <laughs> That's a pretty powerful experience for the ladies and the gents. <clears throat> Uh, so, so we refer sometimes and affectionately to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as who is Krishna in, in another avatar, uh, uh, avatari, really, son of Sachi, and it means who gives the joy to Sachi and so forth. But it also is, uh, seeks to emphasize that the affectionate nature of the relationship between Sachi and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is detailed in the, in the literature also. Hmm? In fact, all of the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they, they, they get, get such reverence for that. Hmm? When he took sannyas, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, at 24 years old, this is the sannyas, the danda, right? Remember, remember I was saying this morning, it's usually like at 60, 65. He took it at 20, 24. Hmm? It's a young age to then think you're going to be celibate your life and control your mind and senses with all, you know, that's the prime time. The whole world is after you at that time, right? <laughs> Everybody wants to just, the big corporations want you, the military wants you, the universities want you, the corporate world wants you, and youth is a valuable uh, commodity, most attractive commodity. Of course, that's one of the reasons why the God it is depicted and experienced as, in, as Christian, as an eternal youth, eternal adolescence. Hmm? So, uh, and and those are very formative years still in adolescence. There's some maturity, but there's some formativeness, which means that the, the nature of the lila, it's, it's ever-expanding, there's always just more to come. Krishna's seeking to 
find out about himself, to explore the depths, the center of everything, exploring the depths of what it means to be the center, wanting to look at it from different perspectives. Hmm? That's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, wanting to look at it from the devotee's perspective, from the perspective of the circumference. What does the center look like? What is the experience? Hmm? What do they experience in me that makes me so attractive? So, so at any rate, when he took sannyas, then you can imagine what a thunderbolt that was. It means to leave home and so forth. To everybody in Nadia, he did that for our sake, right? But Sachi was most affected, Sachi, Vishnu Priya. I mean, they brought Sachi to Edweta's house hmm? after the sannyas ceremony, and Mahaprabhu said, Oh, what I've done in madness. I'll give it up in a minute if you say so. She said, Oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> what will the world think? Hmm? So then it was put in her hands, right? Mother knows best. So it said, so she determined he should stay in Puri, which is not far from Nadia. Then we can get news of him when people go back and forth rather than him going long distance to Vrindavan and so forth. So see, her, her, this is just one example of her prominent role. So we often refer to him affectionately, Satchinandan. And, and it speaks to us about how affectionately he was raised and how, as a result of that, in one sense, he has such affection to share. Hmm? If a child is raised very affectionately, then, then she has the capacity to share that, having imbibed that. So we, we, we think in, in, in the context of Leela in Bhava, hmm, oh, Mahaprabhu has such capacity to be so generous because his mother is so nourishing and so, so loving and so forth. Something like that. <laughs> so it's Vandana. And all the suras, all the devas, all the gods and goddesses, uh, they're offering their prayer to him. So at the birth of Satchinanda, they all came gods and goddesses in so many human-like forms and all this is described. Same thing happened when Krishna appeared. Krishna is, Chaitanya is Krishna in a different age, different millennium. So, at any rate, Jai Satchinanda Suramuni Vandana. So all fear will go away. Fear is what pervades our existence, really. Fear of death. Hmm? If we're not afraid of it, we should be, perhaps. If we don't have knowledge, <laughs> if we're attached to anything, we should be afraid because it'll be painful because you can't keep it. Hmm? So he can break all that attachment by his charm, by his beauty. Hmm? Uh, so the song goes on like this, but as I say, and it glorifies Kirtan, Jai Hari Kirtan and Nartana Vartana, hmm? which is his main method, singing, dancing, uh, in this way. His arms, his weapon, his other avatars said they have different weapons. His weapons were his arms. He would raise them in ecstasy and everyone would be, would be overwhelmed by that and charmed. And, and they begin to dance as well. Hmm? And so then he goes on, Pujapachitamars, to describe... To, to glorify different uh, associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Um, Murari, Mukunda, hmm? uh, Chandushekhar, uh, Advaita Sita, Gadadhar, Nitai, and so forth. Vishnu um, uh, Priya, consort of Chaitanya Dev, before his sannyas life. Uh, Chidahari asked me a question he's to, to, to be asked. He's not here, but I... I'll uh, speak maybe briefly about about Vishnu Priya, Gaur Vishnu Priya worship. Somebody had told him that first you have to worship Gaur Vishnu Priya before you can worship Gaur Gadadhar in order to um, uh, appropriately tread the Rag Marg. That's a very complex theological rasa topic, actually. Um, but um, so he wanted to hear something about that. Um, I don't think the person he heard it from it explained it quite right. He gave me a reference for that. But but uh, Gorvishnu Priya, that's a nice nice idea. And Bhaktivinotaka established the worship of Gaur and his consort Vishnu Priya prior to his taking sannyas, which means his life in in Nadia, hmm? at the Yoga Pit, the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, where a huge temple was was erected by Bhaktivinod <clears throat> to commemorate that. Gaur Vishnu Priya. But Gaur Vishnu Priya, they have a certain r- rasa. Mm. It is not like Radha and Krishna, mm. which is Parikya. 
it's Swagiya and Vishnu prayers like like Satyabhama in Dwaraka. Hmm? So it's not a Braj Lila uh, corresponding uh, reality like Gorgadadha, Radha and Krishna corresponding, Gornitai, Krishna Balaram corresponding with Krishna Lila. So he was thinking, well, if you worship Gorbishtupri, you go to Vaikuntha. No, but you could say, well, what about Dwarka? But that's not the idea. Bhaktivinoda didn't worship Gorbishtupri to go to, Baikun, to, go to Dwarka hmm? and have the corresponding experience of Dwarkesh Krishna as a prince and Satyabhama as a queen, hmm? king and queen, prince and princess, as opposed to Radha and Krishna and the pastoral romantic love of the cowherd and uh, his uh, his uh, romantic uh, parakya lover, which has more intimacy and sweetness and charm. Hmm? Uh, but the idea is that Vishnu Priya in Gaur-lila represents Nabalakshana Bhakti, the ninefold uh, limbs of Bhakti, hearing, chanting, meditating, the ritualistic worship, and so forth which corresponds with the nine islands of Navadweep. Madhidweep, Godumdweep. Dweep means island. They correspond with this Godrum as an island about Kirtan, for example. Bhaktivinotakur established a place of Bhajan in Dweep, and there he worshipped Gorgadadhar. And in Yogupit in Mayapur, Antardweep, it's called, it's the center of the lotus of Navadweep, Antardweep. Then all the other eight islands around it, nine, makes Navadweep. Nine. They represent the nine full kind of, kinds of bhakti. Antardweep means Atmanivedanam, that means surrender, full surrender, then and hearing, chanting, all these other. So in Mayapur, there's the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there he established Gaur Vishnu Priya worship. Hmm? And that's where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lived with Vishnu Priya. And she represents Navalakshan Bhakti, and Bhaktivinotakura has described her as Bhakti Devi, so the goddess presiding over Bhakti. So he recommended we worship Gaur Vishnu Priya to become established in a Gaur Lila Deha, a form suitable, hmm? a consciousness form suitable for that particular Lila, hmm? get entrance there, in which all the devotees there, newcomers like ourselves worship whether it be Gorgadadhar, whether it be Gor Vishnupriya, whether it be Gornitai, hmm? in Dasya. Dasya Bhakti. Hmm? Dasya Bhakti with a little bit of friendship. It's an intimate kind of Dasya Bhakti. Hmm? So our this has been given by the Goswamis. Hmm? We don't go beyond what they have given what, what opportunity they have extended us. We don't think well, I would like to be like the mother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm-hmm. We'll go where the Goswami, what window they've given. They have not, they've only spoken about this possibility for us. So we are chased to that. Mm-hmm. That's not, a, not nothing lacking there. Mm-hmm. So we do, in Dasirasa, we'll worship Vishnu Priya, we'll worship Gorgadadhar, Gormitai, and so forth. And then we'll have a corresponding. Uh, experience in Krishna Lila. You can worship Gornatananda and get Krishna Balaram worship in Sakyarasa. You can also get Gopi Bhav hmm, worship of Gornatai. Hmm. Gorgadadhar is specifically more sentiment by worshiping Gorgadadhar and Vasya Bhakti, you will get Madhurya Gopi Bhav hmm, in, uh, in Krishna Lila. So, uh, and worshiping Vishnu Priya and Gaur, what do you get? You get established in Gaur Lila. <laughs> you know, so you'll come, become established in Gaur Lila. Become established in Gaur Lila, which is, is obviously, this is a ragmarg. Hmm? Whenever Gaur goes into the trance of Krishna Lila, you go with him in the Lila. Hmm? And you find you have a corresponding swarup or form there in that Lila. And so to, to first become established in Navadweep, in a Gaur Lila Deha, in Dasya Bhakti to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm? by doing Nabalakshan Bhakti. Hmm? This is Vaidhi Bhakti as enunciated by Prahlad, but we do it with the pursuit of rag. So it's it's a, it's we embrace Vaidhi Bhakti to help us in our rag. 
rag is primarily uh, smarnam, but it's fostered by hearing and chanting. Hmm? Smarnam, of course, is also a limb of Navalakshan Bhakti. Um, but those who don't have rag, don't have ruchi, but they want that hmm? in the way of Vrindavan and intimacy, then they pursue that ideal by attaching themselves to someone who has and then hearing and chanting accordingly, embracing Vaidhi Bhakti, kind of a mixture. Hmm? So we'll, we worship Gorgadad, Gorvishnu Priya, this is the idea, this is the principle. We'll embrace Vaidhi Bhakti with a view to become established in Gaur-lila. Then you'll go to the Kirtan with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Srivas's house and he'll show you, this is, I'm also Krishna, you are this, you are my Sakha, you are my Sakhi. Hmm? All in the context of Kirtan. Kirtan will bring you there. So, Vishnu Priya, Lakshmi Priya, all these different associates are mentioned in this prayer. Hmm? And it was very nice because, you know, there was a time where I was coming under the under the good guidance of Sridhar Maharaj after Prabhupada, um, my guru, left the world. He had given a hint, you may find further teaching here. Hmm? So, some of us, we followed that hint, and there were extenuating circumstances around that also. The mission that he had founded had been taken somewhat off course by some of the leaders who tried to succeed him. And he had opened a crack in the door that, if you need any philosophical advice in my absence, you might look here. So, some of us, we looked there, and we found, we opened the door widely and went inside. Hmm? Um, and that some of the successors tried to close that door, right? And then they tried to say, who's going there? They're unauthorized. They simply want to be independent. Hmm? They don't want to be sub- uh, submissive and, uh, and, and, and serve the mission. Hmm? They just want to be uh, independent. And I heard this song, and I had a chuckle hmm? about that idea. Hmm? Uh, I'll give you another example uh, before I explain that. Sridhar Maharaj was once talking to us about Mirabai. Mirabai is a famous devotee of sorts who sang various songs. And she was around near the time of Jiva Goswami and, and about Krishna. But all those songs are about her and Krishna, her and Krishna. So Sridhar Maharaj said, actually, her realization is very different because... If you actually come in touch with Krishna and Vrindavan, which her songs are about, then all the Vrindavan paraphernalia will come into your uh, vision and, and, and those things will all be coming out in the songs. Therefore, we find in Bhakti Vinod's song, Jai Rana Madhava Kunja Vihari, Gopi Jana Balava, Giri Vadidhari, Kobardhan is mentioned, Jamuna Tira, Jamuna is mentioned, Jashoda is mentioned, Brajajana Ranjana, the people there, all these people. It's not just me and Krishna, in other words. <laughs> Who is Krishna hmm, is Krishna and all these people. So, in other words, the devotion that these devotees, Yashoda, for example, the mother, embodies, this Vatsalya, hmm, that has a corresponding object, that kind of bhakti, which is Krishna. This is Beda Beda, Achinta Beda Beda, the love of the devotee is one with Krishna. Krishna is the corresponding object of that love. So the two are one. Hmm? That which I love, the object in which I repose my love, is in a sense non-different from my love. It corresponds with my love. That's what it is. Hmm? Hmm? So you cannot really talk about Krishna hmm? accurately in terms of realization. Your realization is betrayed. Uh, or reveal for what it is, if in the name of talking about Krishna, singing about Krishna, we don't find any mention of these, of that which makes Krishna what he is, you understand? (laughs) It's that love that turns Brahman into a pawn in the hand of the devotee. Brahman is the source of everything. If we have such a pitch of love for the Absolute, such intensity that Bhakti fosters, then the great Brahman becomes wants to get close to us, close to us, close to us, has to take on a finite-like form, hmm? finite-like form, in order that, or there can be intimacy with the, with the, uh, with the finite. Hmm? 
if the infinite stays infinite, then as I said earlier, well, we'll be, you know, we'll say, oh my God, we'll step back. So he takes a finite like shape is the philosophical principle that that intimacy may be, may be fostered. Hmm? And so Krishna means Brahman, the absolute, in the, in the, in the, in the light of his Shakti, Shakti of Bhakti. And these waves, these powerful forces of the world, Sakya, Dasya, Vatsalya, I mean, this is the real world. This is the world of, you know, forms that Plato talked about. Hmm? It's the real world. Hmm? It's an invisible world where all the mathematical principles are found, but you can't see it. But we teach how to see it. Premanjana Churita, Bhakti Vilochanena, Sandasadevardayeshu Vilokayam, Diyam, Shama Sundaram, Achintaguna Swarupam, Govindamadi Purusham, Tamaham Bhajami. So in her songs, he said, we find no mention of Yashoda, Jamuna, Govardhan, uh, Lalita, Vishaka, Radha. Hmm? Who is Krishna without Radha? Huh? So he said, we, so we ha- have some suspicion about the, uh, the, the nature of her revelation. Hmm? So he's talking like that, and, and I'm thinking, I said to one of my gabbers, we were watching a video at this time, it was here in California, we had been in Nabi, we took some videos of his speaking. We sat there and I said, I said, God, I said, this is so authorized. <laughs> I feel like so, this is so like bona fide, you know, so, so much under authority here, real authority, who has real vision and understanding. And, uh, and uh, you know, I wasn't thinking about it in relation to the fact that we were being called you know, unauthoritative and didn't want to be under authority. I'd, he looked at me and laughed. He said, that's what I thought, too. And they're saying this, you know. I said, yeah, 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 it's not like that, is it? We just feel like, where's the authority? You know, it's Siddhanta, deep Siddhanta, he understands it. We want to come under this. We want to be ruled by this. Hmm? Not some force of rules. Hmm? You have to follow us because we're in charge and and, 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 we, and we were... You know, and, 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 and the institution has to run like this, otherwise there'll be a problem. And we, we, we join the institution for love. Hmm? As much as the love is, breaks down, it turns into rules only. Where there's rules, absolutely speaking, there's no love. And where there's love, absolutely speaking, there are no rules. We found the love in it. And, and what I mean by love is, is wise love. In other words, the affection that he had. Hmm? Uh, that he would share with us in the form of his wisdom. Hmm? What is the siddhanta? In other words, what is the math that underlies the poetry and the, 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 the music, the art of Leela? Hmm? He would draw from the Leela something and bring down the math that underlies it. And we think, we're getting close to that here. We're understanding the math. We'll do the math here and we'll go into the Leelas. So that bhakti and vedanta... Bhakti means the emotive, uh, emotional heart, pure heart, and it's an informed heart. In other words, bhakti, Vedanta. Vedanta means Vedanta. Ved means knowledge. Anta means conclusive knowledge. Hmm? Knowledge of the difference between matter and consciousness, and from on, from onward, from there. This is where it begins, where ignorance in the absolute sense leaves off. So with the head of Vedanta and the heart of Bhakti, Bhakti Vedanta, I thought, we're under the shelter of Bhakti Vedanta here. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Guru Maharaj's name. And, and, and that Bhakti Vedanta is, is Bhakti Rakshak. Sridhar Maharaj's name title was Bhakti Rakshak, who protects Bhakti. Hmm? So I'm thinking, the Bhakti Vedanta, the wise love of my Guru is being well protected here by Bhakti Rakshak. We're in good, a good, good shape. We, we are, we're, in a, we're authorized, something like that. I thought. In this song, as we used to sing, the same thoughts would come to my mind. So authorized. Given the example I did of Mirabai, here he's talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he's talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all of the so many principal associates. He's poetically naming them hmm? in his song. He understands. There's no Chaitanya Mahaprabhu without Nityananda Prabhu. There's no Chaitanya without Garadhar, without Vishnu Priya. Murari Mukunda, and you say the name, Murari Mukunda Jai Premanidhi, Mahashai, 
and you and you think, oh, what the love they had for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his classmates in school, his 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 doctor, hmm? Murari, the elder in school, the debates they would have, how Mahaprabhu would before he manifested himself as a Vaishnava, would defeat him in an argument and frustrate Murari, and all these Vaishnavas would think, if only Nimai Pandit would become a devotee. Hmm? That would be good for him, but it would be good for us too. He's so extraordinary and so forth. And in the Leela then, he, he, it's a play, it's a drama, of course. He converts and then he leads them all into, into a great wave of bhakti that we're in swimming and surfing in the wake of here. Continent, a continent away, and and, uh, and it's centuries later, and we we are on the we're on one of those waves, the Bhakti Vinod Paribar, and we should try to keep it alive in the world forever. This current, hmm? so it's very authorized, and uh, so, uh, he was so naming all of them, and so then he comes to the end, and he says that uh, Bhakti Saprasada. Prabhupada, so he names not only the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but the extension of that. My guru is coming in that lineage, he says. Hmm? I offer my respect to all of his disciples. Hmm? So, oh, they're all helping me. This is, this is you see, the, the Kanishta, Kanishta, kan, it means neophyte, neophyte devotee. The neophyte devotee typically will see the Godhead in the deity, but not in the devotee. Where is the de- Godhead more? In the deity on the altar or in the realized devotee? Is the realized devotee who establishes the temple and on the basis of that he comes and sits on the altar, the deity. Hmm? The deity is more present in the realized devotee than in its form on the altar. This is a very interesting concept. Hmm? Hmm? So the neophyte will come in and the Vaishnavs say, Sadhu will be giving a lecture and with, by hearing about, we really understand the philosophical underpinnings of, of what we're involved in, what the deity is, and, and have access to go there. And, and he or she, the devotee, personifies the teaching by their example so we can have a model and see how this is important to us. This, this, we get more from there than from, from the deity. And if the deity is going to talk to us, which he does, of course, then it's, it, first you've got to listen to the devotee. <laughs> who speaks louder than the deity. That's his kindness. Krishna doesn't speak to us as the deity because we're not ready for that. We'd be busy all day long then. We'd have no time. Bring me chapatis, puris, more, this, that, and, and so on. So, uh, he, he, he doesn't, he waits for a while before speaking to us. But but the devotees, they and he speaks in, also in the heart sometimes, so kind of a whisper, but the devotees speak very loudly. Sadhu means saint, and sadhu means to cut. So he speaks... Cut, to cut the attachments in a, in a piercing way sometimes. Charming, but sometimes piercing also. Hmm? So, <clears throat> so the, here comes the neophyte, typical, like you, you give in the talk, and some Indian gentleman comes in, yes, I'm born in a Vaishnava family. I'm Vaishnava, yes, yes. And uh, I, I, please uh, make, make room. I want to go to the altar and put a rupee in the box and pray to the deity. You please make my family happy and... Om Om and out and doesn't listen to the lecture or anything. Doesn't have any sense about that. Could be American do that too. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that happen in India more readily. So, uh, so this is the classical neophyte. Now, you take that. What I'm doing here is expanding that idea in relation to the guru, hmm? because the guru has his or her associates also. They may be his god brothers in love who have the same guru, hmm? god sisters who have the same guru. And further down, he may have devotees who are close with him, hmm? like his right arm, left arm uh, in the mission, helping him, who live closely and know so many things, and who, who, who he thinks that he understands me, she understands me. Hmm? So I feel she can represent. And then we come, we join the mission, and then we think, if Guru Marsh tells me to do it, I'll do it, but I'm not going to listen to you. Hmm? Something like that. This is also Kanishtadikari idea. So we don't find that here in Sridhar And he was a leader in the mission. He was given the sannyas by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, among a few others, but he's offering his respects to all of them. Hmm? Hmm? He said, to all the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, I offer my respect. And to 
Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada. So he was a Prabhupada too. He had the name, the title Prabhupada. My Maharaj also got the title Prabhupada by way of affection from his disciples. Hmm? Um, uh, I don't know how they began. Remember the history of them calling him Prabhupada? Um, uh, I don't know. Trivikram Marsh told me a story once, in, I think it was in Buffalo, New York. Um, he was with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada had just come there, and they were going to setting up Prabhupada's room, and um, Prabhupada pulled out of his bag a picture of his guru, Bhaktisiddhanta Sosti Thakur Prabhupada. And he gave it to Trivikram and says it. He said, "Put Prabhupada over there." And so, we were accustomed to calling our guru Prabhupada's a title. Hmm? And and Trivikram said he had a pause for a second, and he looked at Prabhupada. And, oh, and Prabhupada smiled and said, "Yes, I have my Prabhupada also." <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you what I'm asking you to do, I'm also doing that. <laughs> Yes, and so um, I don't remember. I can't remember now how the, we, we began calling him as Prabhupada. Govindadasi. So he. Uh huh. Swami. Swamiji. Mm. So he gave them the opportunity to call him as Prabhupada, and so, so. Uh, but then, when the interest, an interesting. This is a point I wanted to make. It was at Sri Dharmarsh's moth, Chaitanya Saraswat moth, where the devotees went, hmm? where Prabhupada had brought his disciples to India for the first time, and he took them to the moth on the day of Sri Dharmarsh's um, birth or appearance at Vyasa Puja that was celebrated by his disciples. He said, we'll go to my godbrother's monastery there and we'll learn how to worship the Guru. Hmm? So we were doing in whatever way, you know, so he wanted to take us to an official, you know, the way it's done, you know, kind of a thing. So he took us, I wasn't there in the group, but some of my godbrothers got to, we went to Sridhar Marsh's mod, and, and, and Kinshin Krishnas, Babaji Marsh was there, hmm? another great sadhu, and he was very much always absorbed in kirtan. He had made no disciples, he didn't have any interest in that. He was more of a bhajananandi. But he would, he very much liked Prabhupada and Chidam Marsh so much. So he was there at Chidam Marsh's moth on the occasion of his, his birthday and celebrating it along with his disciples. They were the same age, practically. And so after the famous song, Pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam, the Chidam Marsh wrote, I think I mentioned it this morning, the Prabhupada said, should be sung in every temple of, of mine. And it's sung in every temple of Gaudiya Math, all the, all the, the, um, Monasteries that uh, came out of the famous, famous Gaudiamath institution of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati that was began the interface in the formal sense with the Western world and modernity and so forth. Uh, in all of them, it practically is sung, if not carved on the wall, hmm? you know, in marble. This song, Pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam, Pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam. It's a beautiful song. Glorifying Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta, written by Sridhar Maharaj. So Prabhupada said once to Vakayananda Maharaj, who was uh, leading the group in Vrindavan, this should be sung every day in all of my temples. It never came to pass, but it's a beautiful song. It says something about Pujapat Sridhar Maharaj also, who's so important to us. And it was in this temple that after singing this song on the celebration of Sridhar Maharaj's appearance, which was a song glorifying Sridhar Maharaj's guru, then uh, Kinshina Krishna Das Babaji began to sing Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada So Prabhupada's disciples said, well, that's really nice. And then afterwards they asked, can we do that also? Can we sing Jaya Prabhupada? Came from there, I don't know, from a very authorized place. Hmm. Very, very authoritative, uh, definitive, where you can get a definitive answer hmm, on things. Mm, so, this is something about this song. Jai Satyanandan, Suramuni Bandhan. Pujapad Bhakti Rakkak, Sridhar Dev, Kusami Maharaj Ki Jai. Any question? What's the conclusion? She got something, but not what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving. Hmm? Didn't she have some association with some of the 
She had some association with Jiva Goswami, but she didn't take advantage of it. That's another story. She she um, had some. Well, it's hard to sort out all those histories, but the story is she had some difference. She must have had something going because she was a queen or princess. Yeah. She left. She left. Well, let me answer that for you. By Nama Bas. The shadow of the name. Hmm? You can get mukti. So all renunciation can come in you very readily just by the shadow of the name. What is Shuddha Bhakti? In Visheshatma, uh, uh, the, the plane on which the Vrindavan Leela is performed, so that is another thing. That is far beyond renunciation. Renunciation can give you mukti. So did she have a saguna concept of Nam, a saguna concept of Krishna Leela? Or a nirguna concept. Oh, oh. Hmm? You think she might have been an impersonal? Well, there are many impersonalists who tread the course of mukti through yeah. an admixture uh, of bhakti. Hmm? In fact, those will be the most successful ones because they invoke sattviki bhakti. It's a kind of bhakti. Hmm? Sattviki bhakti. And it is constituted of sattvaguna. And it, 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 it's the grace that they need to, to go the distance. Their path is largely effort-based. Bhakti is a grace-based path. We make effort to get grace. Hmm? They make an effort hmm, onto itself. They factor some grace in and it make, enables their effort to be, per, per, uh, to be perfected, hmm? be fruitful, and they can get mukti. And you, you would be very uh, amazed to see the extent to which uh, some such persons, you, you would wish you had as much bhakti as some of these, uh, like Madhusudan Saraswati, like nearby, in one sense. Hmm? They had a lot of sattviki bhakti. <laughs> so, so much of Madhusudan Saraswati, he wrote a nice commentary on Gita and so forth. It's all an impersonalist conclusion, a monistic conclusion. It's not a a uh, prem, a conclusion of prem, but uh, the, he has so much appreciation for Krishna, who he sees as the saguna manifestation of Brahman. Hmm? Now we have a nirgun idea of, of of the God. It means the form, the name is nirgun, which means that there is possibility, as I said earlier this morning, a variety within the oneness, hmm? movement of love and so forth, not movement out of karma, karmic necessity. Hmm? So, during the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Guru Nanak, Kabir, hmm, um, uh, no, Arvind is a, is a much later, but um, these are some. There were a number, all doing kirtan. There was a there was a revolt, if you will, amongst the people against the Dvaita monopoly, as it was put forward on 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 Mukti. The idea was so the people were teaching from the sacred texts such that. First, you had to be born in a Brahmin family, then take sannyas, then you could get mukti. The smartas were ruling the religious landscape. And this meant there was a distance between us and God that the people felt, I don't know about that. And those saints came to say, yeah, God is closer. Just by nam, the name, taking a name, you can get close to him. But many of them had a, had a saguna conception of nam, that the nam is an instrument to be used to give mukti, the guru is an instrument to be used to give mukti. The deity is an instrument to be used to give mukti. And when you get mukti, there's no more nam, there's no more deity, there's no, there, there's only oneness, stillness, nothing else. So, but the nirguna conception of nam and deity and so forth means you enter into Brahman, the absolute, the oneness, and you start to find the distance, the difference. It's like this. Buddhism is like this, something like this. It would be nirvana is an empty room. Hmm? And monists, let's say, like, let's say, like, 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 um, what is his name? 
one I'm thinking of, more contemporary, but he passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramana Maharshi, hmm? or Vivekananda also. Ramakrishna, they were ultimately monists. They, they, Vivekananda very much like bhakti, factored bhakti into his monistic ideal. That's what I'm talking about. So their idea would be, where the Buddhist idea is, nirvana is an empty room. That would be called prakriti nirvana. Monists have a, what I would call a progressive idea. It's a, it, is, it, is, it is brahman nirvana. So they would say, no, the nirvana is not an empty room. It's a room, and, um, and and that you enter, and but the lights are out. Hmm? So then Bhakti says it's a room. Turn on the lights, and there's so many things. So you, so you go there in Advaita. You go there, and your eyes are closed. You're in the room. There's something there, hmm? Brahman. Hmm? But I can't differentiate what it is because the lights are out. Hmm? The lights are out, so I can't, there's no, differ, no capacity to differentiate, but there's something there. Buddha will say, there's nothing there. Hmm? He says, consciousness is impermanent. Hmm? Prakriti nirvana. Hmm? To merge with matter. Something like this is the idea. You see, the Buddha said that the idea that there's a self, that's an illusion. So to pursue the self that will be a, a, a desire that will frustrate you because from desire comes, suffer, comes, comes suffering. He's right. Hmm? But there is a self. That's where he doesn't go as far as, I, as, I would, as one might like. There's wisdom to what he said because he wants to eradicate the, the conventional self. Now people have interpreted the Buddha in such a way as to say there is no self. The Buddha was more or less silent at a certain point leaving room for the Shankar to speak, leaving room for Chaitanya to speak, for example, about further development within consciousness. So, so um, he, here's the idea. Okay, so let's compare the Buddha, hmm? the bliss of the Buddha, okay, whatever that is. There's nobody experiencing, there's no self. But anyway, it's thought to be blissful in some way. Uh, so the Buddha says, the idea of longing for a self or anything, but a self, let's say in particular, is a cause of suffering. We don't find Ram Krishna with suffering. We don't find Ramana Maharshi with suffering. They posited an atma. There's atma, consciousness. It's enduring. It's different from matter, which comes and goes. Buddha would say, we've identified with matter a certain, certain phase of matter's ever permeating you know, matter forms things and from dust to dust, right? Clouds turn into rain, turns into lake, turns into sun, turns into the tree. Da, da, da. And so this is all, everything's in flux, everything's in change. Buddha would say the problem is we've identified with one change going on. Hmm? So we're locked into the idea somehow, whoever we are, to the, to, to the, to a, to a provisional Situation is causing us misery. We're not realizing that we are everything. We are nothing. We're does this matter? Just impermanence, so forth. Now, think about it. That would end all suffering if you stopped wanting anything. Hmm? But how much ananda would there be? If there's no one to experience it. If you extinguish yourself, you won't suffer. That's true. <laughs> Buddhism is kind of a spiritual suicide in a way. It's an extinguishing of the self. You can't really extinguish the self. But you can enter in what's called prakriti nirvana. Hmm? So I said it's like saying nirvana is a room, and there's nothing there. Shankar says there's something there, but the lights are out, so you can't differentiate what it is. We call it atma. It's one with the room. Hmm? It's a very subtle distinction. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will come and say, "Let's turn on the lights." Hmm? And there's all kind of things. That means differentiation in the context of Leela, and I'm one with those things and different from them at the same time. Enough, enough difference for there to be an interaction between, I don't mean things, but I mean Bhagwan, hmm? the Godhead. There's enough differentiation between Brahman and its Shakti for there to be an interaction between the two in eternity. Hmm? There's a unity there that doesn't comp- compromise the, the, the difference. Hmm? Yeah. Are you with carrying the feeling that 
I, I think Srila Prabhupada talked about a ladder to get Bhaktis, the ladder to get to another platform. When you get there, you don't need the ladder anymore. You throw away the Bhakti and you just you become one with. But no, no, that's thought, wrong. Huh? That's wrong. The Bhakti, who, oh, the impersonalist, you mean? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I that was, like, that's offensive in a sense. Because mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're trying to use Krishna and then throw him away. Well, y- y- what, what happens is that the Bhakti only gives a, parshi, parsh, a part of herself, a sattvika form of Bhakti. But Krishna says in Gita, whoever people want to approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. So if you want that, then you can get that. You need Bhakti to get that because he says another place, You're not getting out of Maya without me. Hmm? So how far out you want to get, uh, you know... <laughs> then you have a particular approach. So you, you want only to merge with Brahman and be alone forever and shanti shanti. Here's a sattvika form of, sattvika form of bhakti. And uh, you take that and uh, then you attain uh, what you like. It's not shuddha bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti can give, do you think about it? Bhakti can give mukti. Bhakti means love. Mukti means salvation. In other words, freedom from ignorance and karma which is the whole problem and all of the suffering. So you may want to do that. Hmm? But the bhakti can give mukti, but mukti cannot give bhakti. Nowhere is it said, mukti will give bhakti. Everywhere it is said, bhakti will give mukti. So what is the position of bhakti then? Hmm? Mukti is, like a, is, is a byproduct of bhakti. Bhakti is not a byproduct of mukti. Hmm? Some simple logic. If they meet a great devotee, they will get bhakti. If they have inclination for bhakti. And They're already free from all the stuff that a person like me is all tied up. Oh, such people. Then, yeah, then they can go quickly. If a jnani who has a pure heart comes in touch with bhakti and, and embraces bhakti, really, suda bhakti, hmm, then they can go fast. The problem may be, however, that if one's orientation towards transcendence is a knowledge-orientated rather than a love-orientated, one develops a sankhskar for that, a tendency for that. That That's why we embrace different philosophies. Like if you come here and you're like bhakti, there's a reason for it. You think it's your reasoning. You reasoned about it, it made sense to you. But there's, a, there's, a, there's something behind your reasoning. We call it sukriti. That in previous lives we get disposed by, by a touch, by association in a certain way towards being inclined. So you may meet a transcendentalist in, in the yoga mark or gyan mark, and then you have a sangskar towards that. So you have a, a tendency towards that. And that, will, that philosophy will start to make, make, make sense to you, will resonate with you and so forth. So then if you hone and cultivate that methodology and that ideal of gyan and so forth, it makes it hard then. That, that's why I say the heart becomes hard in relation to bhakti. It may become soft because a jnani will be soft-hearted and, and appreciate people and have some humility and, and, and so forth and want to share the teaching and so on, but their heart will be hard to bhakti. It will be, the, the, the teaching of bhakti, the math of bhakti, if, so to speak, it won't, won't go in. Now, there are instances where that, that's not the case. Sugadev, for example, the Kumaras, and the, they were in touch with powerful bhakti and they, and they, and they went, ah, oh, that is another thing. And they went there, so... Yes? So, um, makes the comment uh, a few times uh, that uh, it's easier to give someone bhakti if they have no truth, but yeah. if they have half a truth, it's very difficult. Half, well, that's the old English adage, half truth is worse than no truth at all. So, like... If I if if you if if I have to if I if you come with a clean slate, and I'm to teach you, then we start at zero. If you come and say, "Oh, I already know so many things," uh, then I think, "Oh, great, we started negative numbers here. I've got to unteach this person so many things to get them to to, to zero. Mm. So that's kind of the idea." You get a half right, and not that you shouldn't seek, and all kinds of seekers come, obviously, and they have different ideas, and 
and uh, you know, and then we share our ideas, and often they come to embrace them more readily, and so forth. But if someone is really steeped in a particular path, a discipline, and a half truth, if you will, if you want to say that the the, the empty room is is a third truth, and the, the room with the light out is two thirds, and the room with the light on is three thirds, the whole thing, then it's not. The, the, the way is not that first I'll go to the light, you know, I'll, I'll follow everything the Buddha says, I'll become a, uh, a, 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 a bodhisattva, and then I'll start following Shankar's idea, and then, when, then I become perfect in, in monism, then I'll follow Chaitanya. No, that won't, that's not what Chaitanya taught. So the more one is invested in that, then, then, then the diff- more difficult to, you know, to... to find a teachable moment. So, our teachable moment is just about over. What time is it? So, I wanted to do some more songs and explain them, but we went at some length on this one, so we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this format. And yeah, maybe tomorrow or Saturday. We have a few more days. So, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, Friday we'll, we'll have some formal discussion and then we have questions and answers and singing, and now there'll be Prashad. Mahaprasad ki jai, Ho Nitinanda ki jai, Bhakti Vinod Parivar ki jai, Ho Premanandi.